Welcome to We Don't Cook on Fridays. We're not cooking today and neither should you. This time. Because you're far better at it than I am. I don't know if I'm much better at an intro than you are. All my go-to is literally like episode seven. Here we are. <laughs> Can you believe we've made it to episode seven? <laughs> we're going to be no. on episode like 150. <laughs> being like uh, episode 150. We're still doing it. <laughs> we have four listeners left. And it's just us. We're two of them. And then they're like two pe- random people from the Ukraine or something. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Andy Cam. And I'm Lore. And welcome back to We Don't Cook on Fridays. I also want to make some some adjustments here, Lore. I think we should make the intro. And we, I think we should, we should be telling people to go order takeout now. I think we should. So that they, so they have it while they're listening. Yeah. So, so go order some takeout. So go order some takeout now because so you, you can serve enjoy. it. But sometimes people will listen in the morning, but we recommend brunch as takeout as well. Honestly, I don't know that we ever have to cook again. <laughs> well, we haven't made any money from this podcast. We haven't so... gotten the sponsorships we're looking for yet, but no, I'm still holding out hope. We haven't really tried, though, to we be haven't. fair. We haven't really put ourselves out there. No. Um, OK, so let's just start it off. I need to just get something off my chest. <laughs> And what is like, that, Andy? My mom what is, is that like, that you need to get off the chest? edge of her seat. Like, what is she going to get off of her chest? But um, OK, so I just need to make a correction. Episode six, I aggressively told people that I've never been dumped. And I, I did a little better self- than us. I never thought it was better. I said I was missing out on opportunities that I no, never you had. said getting dumped is good for the soul. <laughs> Quote unquote, I did say that. Um but I just want to say that I have been dumped. I did some serious, honestly, I think I've been dumped in every relationship. Like when I really thought about it, I was like, Goes I don't never it. having been dumped. I know. <laughs> Always been. Dumped. I was like, yeah, no, I think everyone has dumped me. But I, the thing is, Laura, they always came crawling back. Because they always do come crawling back. And that will they probably have always. to be in a, mm, in my experience, they always come back. Okay. Well then, um, <laughs> I was kind of proud a couple of myself. Times. Sometimes eventually it is actually cut off and there's and nothing it... better though. than Like when your ex texts you and they're like, Hey, did you, uh, yeah, just do you want to, do you want to chat? I'm like, no, no, I like, don't. no, no, no. Like, I, I don't, I'm I don't have it. your number in my phone. <laughs> yeah. Like who is this? Just kidding. I memorized your number. Um, but yeah, so clarification, I have been dumped in my life, but, um, they've always come crawling back. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a standing thing or I'll be like three for three. Eventually we'll see. <laughs> Stay tuned for updates on that situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh God. Oh Maybe. God. We're going to have to cut that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I'm also making a claim here that I have been considering redownloading Bumble strictly for the content purposes, Andy. Um, yeah. I'm still really enjoying my single lifestyle and just kind of like single lifestyle in, in quarantine, but, mm-hmm. um, really considering it just because like, we're missing out on men like sparkle tangerines dad. I know. I was actually thinking about this cause I was looking at our drive notes cause we put everything in the drive. Um, and if you don't know that reference, then you need to go back to other episodes because you won't get any of the inside jokes in this episode. Um, but I was like thinking back and I was like, when I shared my Bumble dating stories, like those were my only Bumble dating stories. <laughs> like, I didn't have like multiple other people. Like I only went on two Bumble date stories or Bumble dates. And one ended up being Sparkle Tangerine, which was like, I would say quality content. So maybe you don't even have to put yourself that 
that far out there. Like maybe just go on a couple of dates. Maybe just go with guys that look like they could be fun. That's the thing. Like, I'm not going to start like swiping for like my type. I'm just going to start swiping based on like bios and probably the first, as long as the first two pictures on their profile, I'm going to go, I'm going to commit to the first two pictures. Can't have a man holding a fish Mm. and their bio cannot be their height. And then because it matters and those are going to it does doesn't. matter. But if your bio is six, two, because apparently it matters, like ugh. because apparently it matters. Ugh. Apparently, apparently it doesn't matter. <laughs> Honestly, like I have dated short guys before um, and it doesn't really like matter short is actually your go to sometimes. <laughs> I think I was so obsessed in university, like dating the tallest man that I could possibly find that <laughs> I actually well just like ended up <laughs> starting to date short guys. And I was like, this is great. This is like, I've been missing out on this. Um, we don't need to talk about the basketball team. That's a vibe in itself. Hopefully no one of them listen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Three out of five on the doors. <laughs> okay. Not in that sense. If anyone is thinking that, I, I mean, it's not what it sounds like, just so you know. Um, but Laura, let's get into it. Let's okay. revive this week. Well, I have a very, very busy week at work this week. Very busy. I'm very, my (laughs) schedule is full. So stressed. I'm just, I'm just squeezing in this recording, you know? (laughs) Quite literally. She was real, real busy. She was like, we have to do it tonight or we're not record at 645 this evening. Yeah. If you don't know, Lauren, Lauren keeps the schedule because she's the audio engineer here. I am just, (laughs) I'm just a social content gal. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm feeling I'm preparing and gearing up for my very busy week, but I'm feeling good. Other like all in all, I feel like I've been my mental health has been pretty good recently. I've just been kind of like they're they're saying that vaccines are coming. So like mostly just like holding out hope for that. Mm-hmm. What is your vibe check? That's a great call out. Um, I'm supposed to get vaccinated tomorrow. This is the most exciting time in our lives. I so think. I'm like right fired up. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, but actually, side note, I was on a call and a girl was saying she lives in San Fran and she was saying that um, in San Francisco, when you get your vaccine, it's like a parade. Like it's like, woo, like everyone's like fired up about getting it. Like people are like leading you through it. It's a party. And I'm like, I'm I'm hoping that. that that's my experience tomorrow. I will keep you updated. I assume it's not. <laughs> Um, but I was like to, to have that experience would be so sweet. And she's like, I can't wait to go get my second shot. And I was like, yeah, use your experience for the win for real. Someone did some like behind the scenes studies there. Yeah, I know. Hey, but we'll be talking about San Francisco in this. We will. That was a great call out. That was like a good segue. Then we were talking about it right now, but okay. Laura, we, I always say like, what the heck are we going to talk about on episode seven to you? Well, we're going to talk about life in our early 20s like I'm gonna say like late teens early 20s late teens oh we're yeah, going that like, far if we're okay going back to university we're gonna have to talk about late teens um and like 19 or like 16 no like, no no like, like 19 for me okay. no I think oh. I think if we if we focus on like basically university to now because I would say like that's the biggest transition for myself at least um yeah noticeably yes yeah <laughs> But I honestly, Andy, I feel like people who are listening probably have like a decent sense of who we are now. Do you think? I think think so. Okay. I think this has been a pretty accurate representation of our friendship and who we are as as individuals. Um, Yeah. But like when I think back to us in university, like it's a different time. It's a different time in both of our lives. We were both very different people. Yeah. Were you vegetarian? Were you vegetarian in university? Pre-vegetarianism. Oh, 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 I was just thinking about how I was going to describe you and I knew exactly what dish I was going to describe you as. <laughs> and I think, you know, 
I know exactly what it is. <laughs> I just remember you and your shrimp scampi. Um, <laughs> Always when there were men coming over too, and the whole entire house would smell like garlic. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Okay. Yeah. I think like, yeah, we've, I, I would say, I feel like I've really changed since my early twenties. I was doing some reflection on this actually last night, thinking about what's mostly changed in my life. Um, but how would you describe me in my early twenties, Laura? <laughs> I think your early twenties were like, uh, if I didn't see you having taken pre-workout that day, like it would feel like an off day. Like I feel so exposed right now. I'm so sorry, but I feel like you were just like always on the move. Like you would sit for like 10 minutes and we'd put on a show and you're like, okay, I have to go. And I'm like, we literally just sat down to watch this movie (laughs) and you were gone. And like, probably we were exact opposites in those moments, but Mm -hmm. It just was like the most stressful thing because you'd sit down and I would like be getting comfortable and then you were gone. So, <laughs> yeah, I have a very hard time watching movies. Yeah. Um, and pre workout is like a perfect way to describe me. And I feel like I was working a lot and I would be working at a bar until like yeah. 4 a.m. And so I'd be like, taking, like everyone at the bar was taking pre workout. So that was. <laughs> It's questionable. That was very questionable. But I mean, it um, did the trick. It did what you needed it to do. Yeah. I like really worked those tips because I was just like <laughs> on fire my entire body. Uh, and then I would go home and then I would usually like either have class or go to my other job. So like I essentially was like so caffeinated and then I'd like take a ground ball and go to bed and then like caffeinate myself again. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, I wonder why I was anxious at that time. I wonder, <laughs> you know? Didn't ever like, I think. Wonder, I wonder why I'm not sleeping very well. Oh my God. Also, I, I hadn't even written this down because I had forgotten, but like you would then go to bed at seven 30 because you had to do like research on things and you'd like watch <laughs> YouTube videos for so long. And Sam and I would sit on the couch and just like be watching movies and whatever. And then you'd be like, I have to go. It's my bedtime. And then we would actually go upstairs like three hours later and you'd still be like watching like <laughs> videos on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Jelena. Oh Yes. I didn't, you didn't know who they were before I told you. Did I you? never really got into YouTube. Like YouTube wasn't really my thing. I'm surprised so, that I did. Cause I grew up on dial up and you weren't allowed to go on that YouTube machine. That YouTube <laughs> machine. <laughs> I know. Um, that's a great call out. And I remember you guys would come up like at like nine 30 and I'd be like, now I have to start all over. <laughs> like yeah. interrupt my flow. It was either like we would come up at nine 30 and you, you would have been as, like not asleep, but you would have been upstairs for like three hours already. Or yeah. I'd come home from, from like studying on campus at nine 30 and you're like, get ready. We're going to Phil's. Yeah. Basically there was no in between. Literally like maybe two sentences of convincing. And then I was like, oh, okay. I love it. Ahead. Sometimes you would be like, um, if there's $20 in my bank account, like I'll go with you. <laughs> Like if I can get a $20 bill out of the machine, like I'll go. If it will give me the money, I will, I will show up. If not, apparently my, the universe is telling me not tonight. So I think there was one time where you had like $17 and you're like, I can't go. I can't even pay cover because I can't get in because I had $17 in my bank account and the machine wouldn't give me less than that. Oh, such a good time, but also the worst. Yeah. Laura, I think that is like kind of a good way to describe me. Basically, I was just like always on the move, basically always like, and I would, I would go out a lot and then I would go work out in the morning at 7am or like, be like, it just ran oh, 5k. Like you'd never let yourself be hungover. <laughs> no, it, there was nothing in the world that drove me more crazy than <laughs> not letting yourself be hungover. If I'm being honest, cause I'd be like, okay, like, yes, it's a Saturday or probably more likely a Friday. And Honestly, maybe like a Wednesday on <laughs> a Tuesday morning. <laughs> we're like, we went to Phil's Monday. We, uh, yeah. 
we are going to have a hungover day on the couch and you'd be like, I got to go. I got to go to the gym and I have to do four yeah. workouts before the before the crack of dawn. It's like, not like I wasn't hungover. I just didn't let myself be hungover. I don't really know how I did it at that time. Um, but yeah, Laura, I would say you were literally the complete opposite. <laughs> we had this one couch that basically just absorbed you like when you sat in it. Yeah. And it absorbed everyone. It was it a great cuddle couch. Um, but yeah, I you could probably find Lauren most likely getting a bean and cheese burrito at Burrito Boys yes. pretty frequently. Or you could find her on the couch watching like any t- type of like reality trashy TV show. I don't show. even know if it was reality show at that time. It was mostly like Grey's Anatomy for the 17th time. Oh, I remember yeah. when the entire house was watching Grey's Anatomy. Or Jordy Shore. When, or Jordy Shore. Yeah, I was going to say Jordy Shore. And remember when Denny died? And I just came down the stairs and I was like, why didn't you tell me that he was going to die? <laughs> why? Like, oh, no yeah, one warned me on the hungover couch. And so you would sometimes have to watch separate. And yeah. <laughs> and to this day, it still stresses me out to like watch television with people. It's not because I like I can watch a show with people, but I would never want to like commit to a, a weekly series with people like that yeah. stuff stresses me out because it's like then, you know, I'm committed to them every Wednesday. Um and I mean, I have nothing going on. Like I have nothing. Honestly, no that might be like not. a deeper commitment issue than than just yeah. a TV issue. I don't think we're going to be able to resolve that on this podcast. <laughs> maybe, maybe not on this episode, episode hundred. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that that's a, also a pretty fair description of me. I do miss that couch every day of my life, but I think it's best that we made that separation. My favorite thing about the couch also is like it was really tucked in, <laughs> and I have this really <laughs> nasty habit. Of like putting my socks in the couch after a long day. <laughs> oh my gosh. The number of times that. that we would like go to clean up this, like the living room, we'd be like, okay, let's do a house clean. We're all feeling really motivated. Usually it was like a Wednesday night, very random, but we were mm-hmm. like, we're going to do it now. Yeah. And we would like pull the cover off of the couch and like 18 pairs of socks <laughs> would come out and it would, we would all just turn and look at Andy and she would just like kind of walk away and just be like, it is what it is this honestly is- I wish that I could say like I left that in my early 20s but I had a friend over <laughs> the other night and he was pulling out the pullout couch and he found a pair of socks in the How pullout many pairs couch of socks? I think it was just actually I think it was one single sock okay so you that's know? growth that's progress that growth. I would call that growth as well yeah but honestly I would say like the biggest note of like okay I know that I've grown up since then is like thinking back to the couch I'm like it was so comfortable but there was always like crumbs in it because like we lived our entire lives on this couch like yeah looking back I'm a little bit grossed out by it so that's how I know that I've I've moved on yeah I agree I think we've shown some serious growth I think we can show some serious growth in some of the topics that we're going to cover though and (laughs) I'm pretty proud of myself for this yeah um I agree I think that's a perfect segue lore to our actual topic today. Yeah. I think we're going to go through some of the topics where we we felt the most growth from our early 20s to our late 20s or I'm sorry, late. Oh we are God. not in our late 20s yet. How dare you? So sorry. Our <laughs> mid 20s um, and just the differences that we've felt even like five years of growth. I think mm-hmm. we're probably going to talk from everything from like our traveling, our, <laughs> our partying days, our self-care and our wellness, friendships. Yeah. yeah relationships. We're going to cover it all. Relationships. I honestly, yeah, like all of the all of the realms of life. So like honestly, let's look at our living situations because that, like that's okay. really how like our friendship started. That's how this came to be. Exactly. Yeah. When we lived together, we were in a house of four girls and like honestly, mm-hmm. in university would pick that every single time, I think. Yeah, I have no regrets. I no. mean, some, but not many. 
<laughs> I was actually, okay, side note, one other topic about university. And I hope that she's listening as one, one of our roommates had come in from my walk of shame. She'd come in through the night or not through the night in the morning. And, uh, she walked in with a big gulp. Yes. And it was pouring rain outside. And she walked in with a big gulp, just filled with Coke at seven in the morning. And she was like, she literally just walked in and was like, some people feel the rain. Others just get wet. And she just walked to her room. (laughs) And I don't know that we saw her for the rest of the day. And it was on, like, I think that that is like how I live my life from now on. So like, I think about that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like probably once a week, I, I, in my head, I'm just like, some people feel the rain. Others just get wet wet. with the big gulp in hand at 7am. That is like a perfect example of what our living situation was when we were, uh, in our early twenties. Yeah. I think, um, even in my early twenties, like beyond university though, I, I moved to Toronto and I was always in roommate situations. So honestly, like random roommate situation, (laughs) which kind of goes exactly like when, when you were describing me, I'm not a person that likes to watch television with people. I don't really, (laughs) I'm not like a big, like bachelor on Mondays kind of gal. Um, so I loved living with random people because I never really felt obligated to them. Versus like in university, you kind of feel as though you have to spend a lot of time together or like be there on the weekends or like go to Phil's on a Monday. Did it feel like an obligation to be my mm, friend, Andy? (laughs) (laughs) No, it didn't feel like the last episode of We Don't Cook on Fridays based (laughs) on how this goes. (laughs) Just keep listening for the full blown brawl. Um, But it didn't feel like it, but you definitely feel like an obligation because you're living with your friends. So I actually loved living with random people and I learned that through living with random roommates from Craigslist. Yeah. Um, that being said, after a couple of years of living with random roommates, I kind of just realized like, it's really hard to like, not own your own frying pan, never really feel like it's your own space. Like probably until I bought my condo, all I had was a vacuum and a mattress to my name. I could leave everything else behind. I have oh, nothing. You did usually. <laughs> I did. I, I always did. I was like, I don't need it. I don't need it. Lauren was helping me pack up my place in Toronto. And she was like, Lauren is a bit of a person that would save more sentimental things. And I'm a person. No, no, it's not even sentimental things. It's like, it was an entire unpacked, (laughs) like unopened package of pasta. She's like, leave it. I don't need it. I was like, no, you're making me sound so bad. But like, what was I going to do with that pasta at my parents' house for three and a half months? You know, I didn't have a plan. Um, I think you had bought your condo at that I think point. I, I think no, I'm thinking about it. I think I had bought my condo, but I didn't need it. Okay. I feel bad about it. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I remember specifically, this is when I started therapy and she was like, so Andy, like, you know, when you walk home at the end of the day, do you feel like you can just like take a deep breath when you walk into your house? And I was like, no, are you supposed to feel that way? <laughs> I didn't know that you were supposed to feel like relaxed at home. And it's not like my roommates were always so great. It had nothing to do with my roommates. It was just like, uh, yeah, it was just basically like, I never really felt like it was like, I could walk in and fully just relax mm-hmm. because yeah. it's never really your full space. Um, so yeah, I, feel I feel like, cause I feel like you often moved into like places where people already lived. Like you didn't all mm-hmm. move in at the same time. And so it was like, kind of like you were coming into like what felt like other people's space and it, what you didn't like get to have a say in like the main living spaces outside of your bedroom I feel like yeah yeah totally and I mean I I wanted it that way like I didn't have a couch to my name and nor did I want a couch to my name at that time yeah Um, but I really realized now owning my own condo and like making it the way that I I wanted to with my little like unicorn planter behind me yeah um, I just walk in and I actually feel like this moment of like ah like (laughs) now Mm -hmm. in my life I actually like look for more moments where I feel like 
Ah, I can take a deep breath. I, I genuinely, I, I think I told you this one time, Lauren, and it's kind of embarrassing for me to even reveal it, but, and I'm a, I was like in psychology, but I remember when I told you, I didn't know that people were not in fight or flight. Yeah. I didn't know that there was like an in-between or, or no, like a, like a state of relaxation. I just yeah. thought I was always in fight or flight. And it just like stresses me out so much for you because like when I have periods of like heightened anxiety, I have that usually for like a month at a time. And by the end of that month, like you are so exhausted because you were literally in fight or flight for however long that like yeah. you're just like physically exhausted and you're sleeping the whole time. So like literally thinking about you being in that state for years, I can't <laughs> even like, I can't even like let myself think about that because I think I it think- will make me feel anxious about it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it like explains a lot of why I was the way in university now that I kind of know that that's not normal. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, such a good point, Laura. Um, I had my last like most recent panic attack, like July 2020. And before that, I hadn't had a panic attack for like four months. Mm-hmm. But when I had my panic attack in July, it like took me out for three days. Yeah. Like I was mentally so drained. So I was like, man, I was having panic attacks like every single day. Like, how was I, you yeah. know, just rolling with it? And it was just like accumulating like a snowball. But anyways, so one thing that I would say is like I, in my later twenties, I realized the value of like building your own space and feeling like you can breathe at your own house. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is like, I'm so happy that you got there because I would say that that's something that I, I always like to like nest into my homes. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think my current apartment, like, I don't know how I'm going to get it out of here because I do really love it. Um, like, I will be honest, I will probably never not live alone again. Like possibly even when I have a partner in the future, like we will just have separate homes and like come together every once in a while. Um, yeah. When it works for you, when it works in my schedule, because (laughs) I'm very busy, She's very busy, (laughs) (laughs) but like, no, I think that it's so important to like, have your space be like what, like what you need it to be. And that sounds so dumb, but for it to just be like you can come home, you can like, you can actually just relax. I'm really lucky because I have like a separate office room in my apartment. So like I leave Mm -hmm. this door at the end of the workday and like, I don't think about work until the next day, which is like Mm -hmm. very nice. And I feel very lucky to be able to feel that way. Um, but yeah, like I, I never had the experience of like living with random roommates because I think (laughs) I don't know that I could have done it. I just don't know that that would have really aligned with my (laughs) my lifestyle. Um, and yeah, I think that I'm like stuck living alone for the rest of my life because I've grown accustomed to a certain freedom. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know anyone that would take in all of your plants as their own. Um, but Lauren's house is, is a reflection of her too. (laughs) When you walk in, it's like, just like pieces of Lauren everywhere. Yeah. But I think we both kind of realize the value of our own space and like feeling as though you can come home and really enjoy that space. Um, it's super beneficial. I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's been, it's been huge for me. Fully um, agreed. Fully aligned on that. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is even when I was like living with roommates and, um, I would try and go for like the cheapest accommodations possible <laughs> as well. Like I wouldn't, I would be like, Oh, if I can save 50 bucks a month, like let's do it. And now I'm realizing that, you know, I, I definitely spend way more on my condo now. I mean, I, I have to, I own it. A mortgage. <laughs> it's a more, it's a coffin. I like to call it, but yeah. <laughs> 22 years to life here. But, um, like the, the, I feel like that emotional return on investment is worth it for me now. Yes. And obviously like when I was 21, I wasn't making the salary that I'm making now. So it's a lot easier now than yeah. then. And I don't <laughs> regret saving money at all at my young twenties and going for cheap rent. But I also now see it as a totally different value. Yes. 
yeah, yeah. the like functionality versus like I'm gonna save 50 bucks here like exactly yeah. yeah yeah um Andy other day-to-day living expenses that we are doing differently now than we were in our early 20s mm. do you remember your truck from university I don't know how you couldn't remember it the funny thing about this is that I think I actually owned two trucks in my early 20s because I had a high school truck yeah. um, and it was a Ford F-150 and it had a stick when I tell people I'm from a small town I'm from a small town and in the country okay yeah. <laughs> we would get like the old farm trucks and uh, my dad would call them character building vehicles <laughs> well this this truck that you had up at at 18 fur mm-hmm. um, I would say it was a character building vehicle for all of us because the driver's side door <laughs> handle didn't work from the outside I think we need to describe this truck before we get into it. Yeah. Okay. You go ahead. Okay. So it was a Chevy two door. It was a farm truck. It had like such a massive hitch on it sometimes too. And it was also like a wooden back, like not like a cute, you you're picturing a cute Chevy with a wooden back. Like, no, it was a hideous wooden back. Um, and yeah, Lauren was right. The passenger side door, or was it the driver's side driver's side door (laughs) handle didn't work. So as the, as the like most often passenger in this, in this truck, I knew that the system was, I had to get in first. I had to unlock the door on my side and I had to get in first so that I could reach over and let Andy in on the other side. Um, so that she could actually like get in and drive this truck. So like, but I honestly, I will be honest that truck I feel like the truck was what bonded us with the Naves. Shout out to the Naves. Yeah. Um, I think they were shocked that I had that truck. Yeah. They were absolutely shocked <laughs> that that was what I was driving. And in, in my world, like that was just so normal. Yeah. I never even thought that that was weird. Like I remember one of our roommates was like, is that what you're actually driving? And I was like, I've always driven a truck. And then the other thing, when I moved to Toronto, I was like without a car for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically my bike just became my mode of transportation. So I was biking <laughs> everywhere and I was biking picked bike that got stolen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That one got stolen. Yeah. The one that got stolen was the one you literally made an Instagram story for it. Being oh, like, oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about the actual one that I picked from a garbage. Remember in university, I picked it one up from the apartment building that was like in their garbage. Oh, I totally thought that, that was your, your like Toronto bike. <laughs> No, no. I got new wheels after that. I, that was my first bike. My parents came up and they were like, um, why are you driving? Why are you riding around on a, a dumpster bike? And then my parents got me that CCM pink bike. That got and then, then that got hit. And then my parents got me one for Christmas. Yes. And that it. one got stolen. Okay. So I, I basically, my bike became my mode of transportation in Toronto though, because I felt as one, well, I'm not like a city person. I feel like, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I didn't like living in Toronto. Okay. <laughs> just say it to the world. Um, but I always felt really trapped by like the subway and streetcars. So the, my, when I had my bike, it just felt like a new sense of freedom, but also it was kind of cheap and I didn't really want to pay three twenty five to take the subway <laughs> to go to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, I never really like growing up in a town, like the town that I grew up in, public transport was like not really a big thing it was like I had to get from like Brights Grove to Sarnia and that was about it but like other than that like my parents usually just drove me shout out to Carolyn and Rule um (laughs) yeah so like my public transportation days and we all know my bicycle days (laughs) never started are long behind like they're I was gonna say long behind but like they never started we we bike on vacations and you talked about you doing a triathlon so don't even at me that's saying fair. they didn't start. You know what? That is fair. I had blocked that out from my memory. 
<laughs> bringing it back. I love that. I'm bringing it back now. It's bringing all it coming back. back to me. Don't worry. I'll keep you honest. I was also keep... a camper at one point. Just like you is... told me that I have been jumped and I needed to be honest here. You need to be honest about your triathlon <laughs> My days. cycling days yeah. came and, and are long gone. I think yeah. the last time I rode a bike with my family, I literally <laughs> turned to my parents and were like, put a sign on it. I'm never getting back on that thing again. Just sell it. It's fine. <sighs> Moments <laughs> later, it was on Kajij. Um, yeah. My favorite thing too, though, Laura, is like, I think when we really realize we're an adult is when you get your first like mechanics bill too. Oh, oh. This is like a real trauma in my life. But that uh, was like a year and a half, maybe two years ago. It was honestly like very much just like pre-pandemic, like right before the pandemic kind of started. My car started making like a funny noise and I knew that it was not a like, oh, that's kind of like a neutral funny noise. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, I feel like I want to ignore it, but I really feel like I shouldn't ignore it. It's one of those noises. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I would just turn up the radio. I, I tried. No, I tried <laughs> that. And then it like my car started like making funny like movements, oh. too. And I was like, no, this is real. This is yeah. a real thing I'm going to have to acknowledge. So I took it to I think I took it to like a Canadian tire because I called my dad and I was like dad I don't have a clue about anything about cars like literally less than nothing this was the very the car that I bought was the very first car that I test drove and I was just like yep this is it I don't want to look I like this one yeah so I took it to a Canadian tire and he looks at me and he goes yeah that's your transmission and I was like okay like what are we looking at like I in my head I was like like eight hundred dollars <laughs> something like that what are we looking at 50 bucks <laughs> what are we looking at what's the damage five thousand dollars later I've rebuilt the transmission in my car, my car that has been hit like five times, by the way, true, like true. Oh, it's just it's seen some things. And I'm I love my Sentra, but it I'm scared. It's cursed. Mm-hmm. It scared. has been hit quite a few times. And I remember you called me and you were like, um, yeah, it's gonna be five thousand dollars. And I just laughed. I just <laughs> laughed. <laughs> I'm like slow tier sitting in my old office. I like had done all these calls from my office because like everything closed after office hours. This was really when I noticed that working from home was actually my vibe because I was like, when am I supposed to do things if I can't like do them during the day? Exactly. Um, So yeah, like literally like slow tears of like, I had to spend $5,000 on my car. Like luckily I had lived at home for a, like long enough and had saved up a savings account. But like people were like, Laura, are you just going to get a new car? I was like, I'm still paying off this one. <laughs> like I'm not, no, I'm not going to just get a new car. I'm still paying for this. One. <laughs> it's not that simple. It's, it's not, not that, that simple. simple. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think our day-to-day expenses and our living situations have definitely changed when we think about our 21 year old selves. Honestly, me having a car is a a change. That's a good point. I just like counted on you. I was like, she'll take me. She'll take me. Yeah. If I have to take the bus, I have to. I remember also, this is all over the place, but one time in university, you were like, I don't know that I really want to drive to the grocery store. Which is ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculous. I was, I remember being like, okay, it is what it is. Well, I guess we'll take the bus. This girl chooses that moment in time to buy a fucking bag of flour had never baked a day in her life it's like "Mm, let's take the bus to the grocery store also i'm gonna buy a bag of flour and like a bag of milk like a one of the like three (laughs) bags of milk and i don't actually that might have been our first fight i don't know that i've ever because i ended up carrying it because i had a backpack i had thought it through i was like okay i'm gonna bring this backpack so that i can carry the heavy things 
And you're like, oh, this is so heavy on my arms. Can you carry one of these bags? I ended up carrying this goddamn bag of flour because she had to have it to make like probably one crusted chicken or something like that. Like, <laughs> No, not even that. I actually remember I got really into cooking like Rachel Ray's mac and cheese. <laughs> That's why I needed the milk. Oh, my oh. stomach hurts from laughing and thinking about all that cheese and how bad that mac and cheese was for you but it tasted so good do you remember that phase <laughs> i do remember the mac and cheese phase <laughs> and i was like it's gourmet it's gourmet it's got breadcrumbs on it <laughs> so our living conditions have changed um and i'm glad that they have we both kind of decided that living is actually something that you gotta enjoy um regardless of where you are and now I have lots of flour. If you ever want to come over and bake, Lord, I owe you one. Okay. <laughs> I know. You can carry that one in from the parking lot. Yeah. But I think um, the next thing that we should talk about is our traveling. I feel like this is like peak and epitome of like, this is how we know that we've grown. <laughs> is like the decisions that we would make now versus like the couple, like the few trips that we took really early in our 20s. Like I think the the very first thing that comes to my mind is when we went to San Francisco. And first of all, we booked a flight that was like an airline that I had literally never heard of before, but I was like, it is the cheapest one by like $300. So we have to do it. Sometimes if a flight was like $10 less though, the times were shit. And like there was uh, even a layover, I'd be like, let's take the 10 bucks. Like I'm going to save the 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. me too. Like, because I, so I was layover, like, that's nothing. No. That's nothing. Well, that was literally our thought process at the time. We were like, we're going to save, we're going to save some money. I was still a student. Like I was, I think this was like right before I started my internship for my master's. So like I was like coming out of degree number two, like poor, poor, like yeah, had no money to my name. Literally <laughs> what's the same? Not even time? that $17. No, no, there was no going to fills that time. <laughs> no, but <laughs> it was like hour five of our first layover in the Denver airport. And we were like, this sucks. Like we're not even hey, drinking. Did in we the say that it was a 12 hour layover? Did you say? No, this was the first layover. This the was layover, layover on the way there was also in Denver and was also like seven hours. We spent. Seven Why did we do that? <laughs> because it was for the $300 that we were going to save and like spend somewhere in San Francisco. I, I actually kind of block, blocked out the first one, but I remember the second one and it was the, like 12 hours in the Denver we airport. Had, we had, had to go to the San Francisco airport. This is like coming home, like forward, but we coming home, we had gone to the San Francisco airport at like midnight, had to sit there yes. until like 2 a.m., flew there, slept on the ground in the Denver airport for like two hours, literally yeah. like on like cement with like our backpacks that were the only thing that we had packed for the week as our pillows like one God small like normal baggage. school backpack yeah at least one of us had to have paid for a bag and like it would have been like ten dollars each maybe we yeah. should have just went for it yeah <laughs> no i have some regrets yeah um i think i spent more time in the denver airport than like we spent in san francisco you know what that's true we were there to survive and i also remember we went up to the flight attendants or like the desk and we were like, how much would it cost for us to get on that next flight? Yeah. <laughs> $1,500. I would have paid at that point, but um, yeah, no, that's so funny. And I think I did the same thing when I went to Iceland. Um, I went to Iceland solo right after university because I, mm. no one wanted to go with me or uh, to be fair, I kind of wanted to do a solo adventure. I'd been, that's what I did when I was YouTubing in my room. I was like creeping women that traveled by themselves. <laughs> 
and I was looking at places where it was safe to go as a female traveler and Iceland was number one. So I was like, perfect. Let's go. They have some cheap flights. Let's roll. Um, I think my flight, I actually was looking at my travel diary before this and my entire trip to Iceland, like there might've been some other expenses, but it was like $612 and I was there for like nine days. Yeah. (laughs) It's shockingly like, how do you survive that cheap? I don't know. But I think my flight was like $190. Um, and God forbid I paid for a bag. God forbid. I went to Iceland in January and Iceland in January is like, there's like, obviously I'm Canadian and it's cold, but like it was beyond cold. Like I was on the flight with like seven layers of jackets. Cause like I was not, I didn't even bring a carry on. All I brought was a backpack. Because that's the thing, the cheap flights, the ones that get you cheap flights, you're like, you're paying like $60 for a carry on. And you're like, at that point, I might as well like take an Air Canada flight. Like, so basically I went to Iceland just in a backpack in the middle of winter, um, probably could have swung a bag at that point, but <laughs> no, just me and my backpack. I didn't even have a carry on. No. Like I think <laughs> when, when we went to San Francisco, we did the same thing, like just one in backpacks. Like, I don't even know. Like, honestly, I'm impressed. Yeah. That we could make that work. Like San Francisco's California. Like we weren't packing like coats or anything like that, but like, no. it was a week. We did a week out of like, I brought a school backpack. Yeah. To this day, I don't really regret doing that because I hate when I overpack. Yeah. It's the worst. Cause you're just like, I feel like you're carrying dead weight. You know, I went to Ireland on exchange, mm-hmm. brought one suitcase. I was like, this is going to be fine. Yeah. My friend from home was coming to meet me at the end. And my parents had come in the middle of the time. And she was like, can you please send home some of your stuff with your parents that we're not dragging around all of your stuff? And I was like, yeah, for sure. I'll do that. Didn't do it. Um, actually had accumulated more stuff to the point where I had two full size, um, like luggage, like the full size luggage. Yeah. And we didn't have a car obviously. And my friend and I traveled for three and a half weeks after, after, um, like I was done school. And like, she will actually bring this up regularly because she's like, I think that I've never been more angry at you than when we had to, we were traveling around Ireland, like the hilliest place in the entire fucking world. And we're literally like pushing my suitcases up these hills and stuff like that. (laughs) And I was like making her push one up because I was like, I can't get both of them. And you're just like, leave it at that point. All I need is my passport, my keys, wallet, phone, and a charger. It was everything I owned. It was literally everything I owned and had accumulated over the six months that I had been in Ireland. So I was like, I'm not, and you're very sentimental. Yes. You're very sentimental. Yeah, that is that is a true call. I was that is that's another place that I've grown. I've been I've become a little bit less that way, but mm-hmm. at the time, 100, there was no way I was leaving anything behind. So I think um, I, I think there's benefits to packing light, and I think there's benefits to packing. Uh, I don't really think that there's that many benefits to packing heavy. Like I think like having the things that you need are possibly a benefit. <laughs> you know what? I just need to bring this up. I need to get this off of my chest as well. My biggest pet peeve is when people are going on a three hour flight and wear a neck pillow, I'm like, it is three hour flight and it's midday, sir. You are not taking a long nap. Sorry. Unless I know you're that's going to Australia. Yeah. Stop. Break. Stop with the neck pillows. I'm going to start a petition. I'm just over it. I'm just overseeing people on flights that are two hours wearing neck pillows. I know that's not necessary and has nothing to do with the topic, but I need to tell people. And they need like, to know. I know that there's a couple people that listen to this episode, <laughs> so I need to use my platform for good. Yeah. Sign my GoFundMe to stop <laughs> neck pillows on the Okay, I know that's really stupid, but I really needed to get that off my chest. Um, I, I'm, a, I, 
can can acknowledge how important that is for you. Yeah. I think also when we were younger, we spent a lot of time in hostels and not even like a good hostel, like like a 12 person hostel. Here's the thing. I feel like hostels when you're in that state, like again, when I was on exchange and doing that traveling for three weeks afterwards, I loved Mm -hmm. hostels. Mind you, I do kind of sleep like I'm dead. So (laughs) I wasn't having the issue of like you hear other people snoring and probably I am the one that was snoring. So sorry to anyone that was in a hostel with me. But in the moment, you're like, I'm meeting all these cool people. Everyone's traveling. Everyone's kind of like, let's go get drinks. Let's go do this. We would like Mm -hmm. hang out with really cool people. And then you end up in a hostel that's like not like that. Mm -hmm. I don't actually think I've ever been in a hostel where I haven't made friends, but that must just be a you thing. <laughs> no, oh, just we are talking about the same hostel that neither one of us made friends in this hostel. Oh, I didn't know we were talking about San Francisco. No, I yeah. honestly, any other hostel I think I've stayed in, I definitely like met some. That's a good cool point. People. There was no people looking to be friends in San Francisco. Also, can we just note that we were in the sketchiest part of San Francisco and, and two young gals popping up with our little backpacks in the sketchiest area of San Francisco? Yeah. Was yeah. it the meat district? The tenderloin like area? The tenderloin, yeah. Yeah. And then you look it up on Yelp and you're like, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here. Did we look that up before? I honestly no. think, no, no, no. Here's what I think it was. I think we were like, it was like one street over that they were like, mm-hmm. this part's fine. But it was like literally this street. And if you walked like, I want to say south, if that's correct, we were going to be like dead. Yeah. And that was exactly they were like, you'll probably be fine. Like it's kind of like that, like when their voice is up and they're like, "Uh, I think you're probably (laughs) going to be fine. (laughs) We were just like, okay, cool. Yeah. Place we could find. That's a fair point. Um, But I would say hostels in general, if you're traveling by yourself, 100%, I think that's how you make friends. Yeah. Um, If you're looking to meet people to like spend time with while you're away, definitely. Yeah. For sure. But now that I'm a little bit bougier, I'm not that bougie. Honestly, I only get hotels if my, my work pays for them. But I there is nothing more that more that I love than a hotel robe. Literally nothing. You did purchase a hotel robe for your own home. So I do I do Okay, know. it was from Amazon. <laughs> Unfortunately, it wasn't the fluff that I was looking for. So now it's just turned into my spray tan robe. But mm. but yeah, I I when there's a hotel robe, oh my God, I turn into a different person. I really do. Like a pamper. It's just like me. a whole persona. It is. Like nothing is better than having a dance party in your hotel robe. And you're like, damn it. I made it. You know, uh, this no. is how I know this is what it feels like to be alive. This, this is what it feels like to be 25. You know, <laughs> you don't get, you don't get robes in hostels. Let me tell you that much. You don't get anything, not even toilet paper. Sometimes <laughs> most times you don't most even get toilet paper. I don't think, I think you have to pack your own. And honestly, if you've never been then that's, that's something to note, write that down, bring toilet paper. Yeah. Um, but I think, there, okay, so if we compare San Francisco to our other West Coast trip, San Francisco was pretty cheap. Pretty. We went yeah. to Napa. That Yeah, but it was like a bus tour and we were like on and off the bus. But I did buy like a couple of those like little, little guys, <laughs> the little wine bottles for the ride, for the ride homes. Home. Yeah, we had to, we had to like ride that buzz out all night. Yeah, we did. Cause like, we were pretty we drunk are, here today. We were drunk by 11 AM. We were like, we are committed. <laughs> Like we have to do this now. Yeah. I don't think we met anyone on that bus tour either, but anyways, the other West coast we trip that we time, went, went on okay. was, yeah, yeah, we did. I had a great time in Napa. Yeah. Um, I think I had such a huge zit on my chin, but <laughs> honestly, I wasn't going to let that rain on my parade. 
but then we went to Kelowna, our other West Coast trip, and we were out there to visit a couple of friends, which was just great. And I feel like the perfect example of how much we've grown is when we went to all these winery winery tours. Actually, is this a growth opportunity? I don't know, no, but um, not for myself, I would say. Yeah, well, but it's a, my taste, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, it was like a five dollar tasting if you were to go in. Or you could buy a bottle of wine for nine dollars, unless, <laughs> unless it's winery number five, and all day you've been like, I just really want a nice bottle of Pinot Noir. I've never who, seen you drink Pinot Noir. Who did I think I was? Like, I don't know. But all day I was just like, just get me a really nice bottle of Pinot Noir. <laughs> get, get to the last winery. It's literally closing, and like we had done our tasting and whatever. Not once did I taste a Pinot Noir. No. And it was coming and I panic ran up to the cash and I was like, I need to buy a bottle of Pinot Noir. <laughs> $40 later, I bought this random bottle of Pinot Noir. <laughs> I will admit it was a great bottle of wine. But again, this was pre-purchasing baggage. <laughs> this was uh, we like at least this time I brought a carry on. But like, you know, flying, you can't bring alcohol in your carry on. No. So I think we did this wine tour like what? <laughs> the first day of like our 14 day trip. Second day, maybe. Yeah. And we were like, okay, I think I had bought like four or five bottles of wine that day because like I just was like all of a sudden living this bougie ass life. Then we reached day 13 of the trip (laughs) and we still had all of the bottles of wine. Like maybe we had had one (laughs) and neither one of Andy or like I was like, I might just like pay to check my bag. And then it wasn't like like a wine drinking type of trip either. No, like like it, it was like a river float bring some beers kind of trip. We just read the room wrong on day two of how much wine we were going to actually consume. Oh, I was, yeah. I was like, we're here for so long. Like I'll definitely drink these in this amount of time. And like, it'll be a great memory of the trip and whatever. And it just never happened. And like, or I'd be like, okay, well, we'll go out for like this river run in the, in the day. And then at, just at grab night, a bottle of wine. Oh yeah. no. Well, or was- at night, like we'll, we'll, it'll be a nightcap. We'll share this bottle. <laughs> a nightcap. Yeah. I suddenly turned into like a 60 year old woman on this trip. Yeah. From 25 Um, to 60 real quick. Yeah. And then day 13 shows up and we had to drink all of the bottles of wine. Okay. To be fair. Now I'm thinking about that. Um, so the last night or the night before the night before we left, we went to Mumford and Sons. Yes. (laughs) And no wonder I was crying the entire (laughs) concert because we had down a bottle of wine. I thought I was just so emotional. Concert. I, don't, I thought I was just emotional because I was like at the Mumford Mumford and Sons <laughs> concert. But now I'm like, no, we had drank wine before the concert. I was setting myself up for failure. Yeah, I would say that that's fair. I'm glad I cleared that up. Like, thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. Um, we definitely did have to down that wine, and um, we did. Here's and- another opportunity for growth, though. At that Kelowna trip. Side note. Yes. Um. First night we were in Kelowna. Second night we went to the wineries. First night it was like, no, Andy, I need to stop you right there because the biggest thing that we need to point out is we had flown again like six o'clock in the morning because we still chose the cheap flight. Of course. But then we didn't really sleep. So like by the time (laughs) this story comes up. It's a good point. We had been awake for like 27 hours. Plus there was a time change. Yes. Yeah. So we had gone to a country bar. So this was my 24th birthday like in between basically that night I was turning 24 um so I was 23 at the time you know just a spring chicken if she will um but we are at this country bar and it's like pretty much any country bar that you've ever been to it's the exact same uh I hate to say it but but the difference was that the bowl came up in the middle of the dance floor yes and like I feel like 
we weren't like made aware of that fact. Like no. we didn't have any idea. So no we one were told me. Like, like, let's like, this is so fun. There's a ball. It'll be so much fun. People were like, it's your birthday. You should go for it. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay, only fine. young once. Let's go for it. So then I am waiting in line for this bull that honestly, the entire bar watches. Oh my people God. Ride like, the literally bull. Someone came out into the middle of the dance floor and like cleared the dance floor. So that this yeah. bull could come up. So everyone is staring versus like, if you've ever been to any country bar in Ontario, um, I feel like the bull is kind of just like there. Yeah. versus being the center of attention. So just, yeah. just trying to paint the picture of what's going on here. So I'm in line. There's probably three or maybe three girls in front of me, or maybe there's still, actually, I don't I think even know that two. anyone had come on yet. It was just like, they had announced like the bull is starting. Like literally someone had a microphone and was like, okay, the bull, sh-. like they like called it a show. Like it was like the performance of the evening. Yeah. So I remember though, I, I think it was third in line because yeah. I had bought a ticket and yes. this first girl goes on. And she's having a good time on the bull. And then she just whips her shirt off, like her entire yeah. shirt, like everything was off everything. Yeah. This and girl I was not wearing a bra underneath. Nothing. She was wearing yeah. nothing. And I look back at her friends from Kelowna and I'm like, they've set me up. Oh my God. <laughs> they've set me up. And they're like, we've never seen this before. This is the first time we've ever seen this. <laughs> how much, how often do you guys come to this country bar to be fair? But, um, and I'm like, okay, like, I'll just see how it goes. And then the next girl in front of me goes and she's wearing a dress and she does the same thing. Yes. Oh, she was fully nude on the bull. Like we were like, this is so much more nudity than we are used to seeing in a country bar ever. Like, ever. What do they do out here in BC? You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, at that point I was like, I cannot, I am not going after that. And I would say that shows growth. I think that yeah. shows growth. My favorite go. part about that story, to be honest, is that both of those girls went on again. Like they were like, I, I have had my moment of fame. I need to relive it. And it happened again. Like it was just Part of me was like, was this a fever dream? Because we were so tired. Like, I remember being at the pre-drink. We were tired. And, you yeah. and I were both like, I don't know if we can make this. Like, I don't know if we can do it. We were like, we'll we get rallied, though. as soon as we get there. We did take a tequila shot as soon as I we got we there. We took like three tequila shots as soon as we mm-hmm. got there. But I think that shows growth that I didn't go on the bill. Bull. I do. I do, too. Honestly, I think that like we were we were definitely hyping you up hard being like, Andy, you should still go. You should still go. And then by the third time that that girl that like got fully nude on the bull went up, we were like, maybe not. No, like it's no longer sanitary for no, you to and, go. Like there might be expectations of you. And like, honestly, all the power to you if you'd wanted to do that. But I just didn't think it was the vibe of the evening. It's not, it's not really my vibe. No, no. I'm glad that I didn't go. I think I would have severely <laughs> regretted that. So I think mostly the way that we travel has really changed my appreciation for hotel robes. Chef's I think kiss. you always had that appreciation, but it's like just become a newfound, like you can actually fully appreciate it because you live. Yeah. There's nothing better when you're not paying for the hotel either. It's the best. That is fair. That it's is definitely best. very fair. Yeah. That hotel rub feels like a, a different vibe, but, <laughs> and I feel like now I'm more open to paying for baggage for the right situation. <laughs> If I'm going, for the right reasons, I'm here. Yeah. I still think I can probably fit most of the things that I'd actually need in a backpack. Um, and I think and traveling, nice like, knowing that you can, like, it's nice knowing that like, I'm like, like I'm the type of person that like, I could live out of a backpack if necessary. It's just nice. Like to have that awareness. Yeah. I don't know if I would go back. I, I don't know. Like I would go back, but also the luxury of knowing that I can swing the $26 <laughs> bag is nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I feel like traveling We've grown a lot since our early 20s. I don't have any regrets in my early 20s, though. The only thing that I would say to like an early 20 now is just like, go for it. Yeah. 
I would say if you have the opportunity to send half of your stuff home with your parents, take it. That's a good call out <laughs> as well. And maybe we just say pack light because you're probably, yeah. I also think, um, when I travel now, I usually have like my fanny pack on just, you know, cause that honestly a, cool a fanny pack is like a travel game changer. I also like to think of the moment that like, I think you've said it on almost every trip, but you're like a girl, a girl should never pack more than she can carry by herself. And I think that that's important to note as well is like, you don't need to rely on anyone. So make sure that you pack what you can carry yourself. I actually do always say that every single time um, we've traveled together, you've said that to me. <laughs> yeah. But I also, I would say all you really need is your phone, your phone charger, your passport and a credit card. And then I say everything else is a bonus. Cause you can just buy everything else. If, if worst maybe case like scenario, one pair of underwear, <laughs> maybe like one pair of underwear and toothpaste, but those are kind of like, those are things that you could buy. You can't really buy a passport. You can't really buy a phone. If you don't Honestly, have your phone, I will say I'm pretty committed to my skincare regimen at this point. So like, I don't know that I could travel without it, but that might be a really good segue into our next topic. Yeah. Honestly, how our skincare has changed. Well, just like wellness in general. I think like when I think back to university, like I was existing on that couch off of bean and cheese burritos and like, <laughs> like a, the cheapest bottle of wine that I could find box like, of wine. Like, I don't even know that I was in like the stage of <laughs> buying boxes of wine at that point. Like, I think that I like moved into that and then moved out of it after I threw up red wine. But I think my favorite part about this, Laura, is like when we think about our early 20s, um, is basically, <laughs> I think I was eating sweet potato fries thinking it was healthy um, <laughs> in university, like very regularly, very yeah. regularly. Being like, um, it's not regular fries. It's sweet potato fries. It's health. Yeah, it was healthy. Like, basically I don't, a salad. I have no recollection of cooking in university. I have there no- There is one photographic evidence. <laughs> Honestly, no. Here's the thing. You were making that mac and cheese. Gourmet mac heck, and cheese. But- it was <laughs> But- not a, the picture of health. And then one, I think it was like a day back to back days that one time you like exploded a bottle of sweet baby rays on like a pita that you were making. And then the next day you come home and you're like, I'm going to cook a steak and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, the, the pita didn't go great yesterday. So like maybe the hot like dog that you tried it. to grill didn't go well, but let's go steak for the grill steak. as if it's not a pan fried hot dog. <laughs> okay. That is that is normal. Normalized pan fried hot dogs today. The whole house. If you talk about my shrimp scampi, I need to talk <laughs> about the fact that you would make our entire house smell like pan fried hot dogs, which really freaked me out because I'd never seen someone pan fry a hot dog before. And like, I don't think that there was like oil put in the pan. It was just no. kind of like a hot dog. And then it would like roll around <laughs> in the pan. I stand by my stand, my pan fried hot dog, just so you know. Well, um, I'll be expecting my- a pan fried veggie dog next time I come over. But to be fair, you were eating your shrimp scampi. I was eating hot dogs every day, but we had this like, like ointment or treatment that was like prescribed to us for acne. Yeah. And we would be so dedicated to acne when I was literally existing off of burritos and alcohol. Yeah. And we were like, it's got to be our skincare routine. It's definitely not that we haven't taken a sip of water in months. (laughs) No, that can't be it. That can't be it. Like two days of like, I drank so much water today. Why does my skin still look like this? (laughs) so true but yeah basically we had this like ointment that like would spry our skin like I remember my eyeballs being so dry remember it would, like my eyelids off. would flake off because they were so dry <laughs> like this stuff was heavy duty and I will say it cleared up my cystic acne like 12 weeks later but would be dedicated were we ever dedicated Andy that was such a great transition right there because <laughs> I genuinely remember bringing pre like hanging out with people after the bar 
And I'd be like, just wait one second. I need to go do my skincare routine. And I would like take (laughs) off my full makeup and like put on my like medicated ointment on my face. And I'd be like, okay, let's hang out again. Like it was just... (laughs) Because that ointment like didn't sink into your skin right away. It's an on hour. <laughs> so you would have people over, and by people we'd all know what we mean, and you would have the ointment. <laughs> wow. In my head, I was like, "This is health. I'm doing my skincare routine." Like, do you? Sorry, think no man is worth worth the skin that will come back if if I don't. Take off. <laughs> do you think you're more committed to your skincare routine now or then? Um, definitely or is now. It just like I definitely like there's no part of me that would even question taking off my makeup if I had a guy over. Like literally not even for a second. I think I would do the exact same thing. But would this I time put on a goopy acne ointment? I might put on like a face mask if necessary. If my skin was really like needing it, I probably would definitely not on the first date. Well, I'm not taking off my makeup in front of men on a first date anymore, <laughs> Andy. That's that's also an opportunity for growth. <laughs> that's a good class. Point. Look it up. Look at. <laughs> You wouldn't know anything about it. Um, that yes. socks in your pullout couch. Stop. Okay, I've grown. It was just a single sock. Um, I think my skincare routine has really changed as well. I was also really into this ointment. I think I got you into this ointment. I don't because I had remember. been on one and I was like, it's not working. I still literally have. I was like, like here. <laughs> I can hardly open my eyes. <laughs> it works well. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty dedicated. I have like this, like like the Foreo. And I can't even tell you how much joy that brings me in the night now. Also- <laughs> <laughs> that sounds bad. This vibrating skincare thing. She's like, I love how much joy it brings me at night. Um, I only also- use it at night. I also need to know what kind of um, cleanser are you using now, Andy? Because your skin looks great. Okay. So I was a Neutrogena grapefruit kind of girl through and through. I... You know, I spent a lot of time on YouTube and that's what they recommended. Back like in like my 2012, type. that was what they recommended. <laughs> okay. And you don't change up your skincare routine when it's working. Lauren came over maybe like six months ago and she's like, I'm throwing this out for you. You don't need it anymore. It's I'm not sorry. serving you. Skincare by Hiram says it's the worst one ever. <laughs> it seemed to work for me. Okay. But now I'm using CeraVe um, based on Lauren's. I was going to say her recommendation, but it was, it was more like more a force. Like yeah. yeah. Um, and then my hyaluronic acid, honestly, when I put my skincare routine on, so I'm like always, I've always been a bather. Like I love having baths before. <laughs> I never like casually date anyone again because they just know everything about me on this podcast. Like she takes a bath before she goes to bed every night. She was addicted to pre-workout in university. Um, but I do, I take a lavender bath every night. My favorite thing is like that you would do that also in university, <laughs> but we all thought it was so weird. And also, I don't know that that bathtub had ever seen a cleanser ever. So like probably Good you were point. just like bathing in your own like. Good times. Again, yeah. growth. Now my bathtub's cleaned regularly. Um, <laughs> Passionate yeah. about Swiffering. Passionate. I think now I also don't cheap out on skincare. I would say I buy the expensive oils just because Best I think if it's serums, expensive, not moisturizers. It's- no, yeah, that's that's a good po- call out. I have like a very basic moisturizer, but I always spend a lot on serums and oils. Just honestly, I'm, I'm an ordinary gal, so like I'm not really spending yeah. a lot on serums. But I have a drunk elephant um oil that I like. That is luxury right there. <laughs> that is how you know 
you're not 21 anymore. Um, but yeah, I think investing in your skincare, even I kind of wish that I did when I was younger too. And like, even if I just invested in sunscreen, I think that's probably what I should have been doing to my skin, but like investing the time in skincare, because yeah, I took off my makeup and I put on that drying, but like, I don't even know that I moisturized. Like it was not pretty. And I wonder why my skin was flaking off. Yeah. Overall, I would say like in general, one, our, our skincare has really improved, but I think our partying has also calmed down a lot. I can't say I've seen it past 930 on a weekday in a very long time. Oh my God. No, no. And I would say like partying is also probably a space where like we've like medium grown. I think we kind of did it. I, I, yeah. I have, I have some regrets about how hard we did it, but, um, I'm pretty over it now. And I think also we're like now when I drink, it's like, because I love like a good sour and I, I just think, genuinely enjoy that beer. Like my favorite thing is like waking up on a Sunday, going for a hike and then ending at a brewery. <laughs> is that normal? <laughs> so I'll probably skip the hike, but, <laughs> but I I'll love meet you at the brewery. Um, yeah, but maybe you know, you've seen more growth there than I have, but I would also just say like the biggest thing is we learned the definition of a casual, because I think mm-hmm. back to the time, Andy, that we were like, we had this like chalkboard wall in our kitchen. And like, honestly, it was pretty iconic. I loved that chalkboard wall, but mm-hmm. there was one time that we had erased everything on it just to write out the definition of a casual, because I think we had <laughs> like, Oh, we'll go like, we'll have some like casuals on the patio It'll be or casual. Like It'll be casual. No. And then like three bottles of wine later, because we lived right behind wine rack. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) iconic moment was when we had a pre-drink and Lauren had a bottle of wine at the pre-drink. She'd finished a bottle. Um, but luckily wine rack was open till 11. The LCBO closes around eight, but wine rack is open till 11, 10 or 11, 11 wine rack is open till 11 was like the quote of our home. I also think this is just to tie everything all together just to get a real clear picture of me in university was wine rack was open till 11 every single day except Sunday and Phil Sunday mm-hmm. was iconic in our home we, I like I think in second and third year like I don't know that we missed a single Phil Sunday like I think we made it to every single one and it was my like parents five. are so proud yeah <laughs> it's called dedication <laughs> yeah yeah but I think it was like 5 52 and I was of course laying on the couch my my couch in in our house mm-hmm. and I was like oh, no Wine rack's only open till six on Sundays. And I think I made it to wine rack and back in like four minutes flat. And like that, that was my dedication. I actually do remember that. But <laughs> honestly, just to finish my story as well, was uh, that you went, had finished a bottle of wine and then went back to wine rack before the pre-drink had ended and got a double bottle of wine before we'd <laughs> even gone to the bar. So that, honestly, that's just, I can't even fathom that at this point in my life, but no. um it's pretty crazy. I think now I look way more forward to like going to St. Jacob's or a farmer's market on Saturday morning than being hungover. And I think I can't say I really miss anxiety. I think in university, I didn't really let myself be hungover. Mm -hmm. As you know, it was really hard for me to to just (laughs) chill. Uh, But I can't say I miss anxiety at all. Oh my God. Honestly, the thing that's wild to me is I have had pretty bad anxiety probably for the last like two or three, two, two ish years. But in university, like, I don't know if I just like was never, I never let myself fully like sober up to get that anxiety. But like, I don't remember experiencing it ever. Like, I would just be like, yeah, I'm hungover, probably made some questionable decisions, but like, it is what it is. And like, it probably will never catch up with me, always caught up with me. But yeah, anxiety has gotten far realer for me. So I think that that has like in and of itself tamed my drinking because I'm just like, if I can just know that I'm not going to like be 
a ball of anxiety tomorrow. Like not even like I have to turn my phone off because I can't even look at what like the messages that I've sent or things like that. Um, I think that that like in and of itself cured my my drinking. <laughs> I think a good sign of growth for me too is that I don't think I've deleted Snapchat in a while. And that was <laughs> such a thing that I used to do in university. I would just be so stressed to look at my story. Yeah. I didn't want to know. It was just easier not to know. So I would just delete the app. Yeah. Yes. I, remember I would have like some message that I'd like send you a snap and it would be like three days. And I was like, oh yeah, she we did go it. out a couple days ago. And, and Andy had She's like probably a, feeling anxious about it. Like a yeah. 122nd Instagram or like Snapchat story. Stop. I can't even think <laughs> about those days. Um, yeah. I think our self-care, our wellness, I think the way that we take care of our bodies, I, I think even, you know, not letting myself be hungover and going to the gym, that's probably not self-care. Now I do let myself be hungover. If that's the case, I would say it happens a lot rarer than it was happening then. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like your friendships have changed since? I feel like I'm pretty selective with who I choose to spend my time. Like I feel like we all know I'm passionate about my alone time. So if I'm choosing to spend time with people, it's because I actually like genuinely really enjoy spending time with people. Mm-hmm. But I think like when I think back to university, I feel like you were always around friends. There's always people come. like, I feel like our house was kind of central to things. So like we would always yeah. like walk in and there would be like random people, like other people there. And sometimes it would be like, no one's home. How are you here? Yeah. How'd you get in? How how'd you know you the code? In? How you know the code? <laughs> Who gave you the code? Who told you the code? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that that was something that like actually felt surprising to me when, like when we graduated from university was like, oh, okay. Like all of a sudden the friends that like, maybe you spent a lot of time with them, but they were actually just party friends. And it, you, you saw them at parties or you saw them at, at the bar and hung out with them at the bar. And, mm-hmm. but like those friendships kind of like tapered off after a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Most of the people that came to the furry people party, I think we're still friends with some of them, but, um, I do feel like you do realize not that it's lonely when you graduate university, but I think you don't realize having that neighborhood of friends that are all in the exact same place as you all going through the same thing and how like comfortable that is. Yes. And then when you graduate and you don't have that circle of friends so close or like next door to you, um, it can feel a little bit lonely. Yeah. And all of a sudden everyone's like spread across the province or the country even. And like you're, I know I moved back in with my parents after that. And you're kind of like, okay, this is, this is like culture shock or something like that, where it's just all of a sudden, like, yeah, you're, you're riding a high yeah. when you're all of your friends are in the exact same boat as you and, and right beside you. And then you move home and you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta figure something out here. <laughs> my mom doesn't <laughs> want to go to Phil's Monday with me, unfortunately. No, so <laughs> no. And I also think the other thing that I would say in terms of relationships really changed for me. And I've obviously talked about like dating a person for like kind of a long period of time after university. But when we started dating, I was in fourth year. And I, at the time I was like, dope, got a boyfriend. That's kind of fun. Yeah. But when it like turns into a serious thing and you never really thought about it like that. Like when I started dating him, I never really thought about what the future could look like for him. I was just kind of happy to be with him and like happy to have someone. I never really thought about the future. And sometimes when you've been together for so long that it's like, oh, we probably should have gotten together if we didn't see a future together. You know? <laughs> yeah. I definitely feel like, I mean, I don't, I don't know the dating ever crossed my mind in university. Like I was like, they might tell me not to go to Phil's and I don't really like that energy in my life. So, mm-hmm. um, like, I think I went on like maybe two dates, but like looking back, that boy brought me flowers and like, took me for ice cream and it was great. Like maybe that was the best date of my life, but like, unfortunately, I I think about my high school game a lot too. And I'm like, I think 
that might have been my prime. Which <laughs> <laughs> is like so sad. I don't want that to be my prime. Um, but yeah, I agree. And I also think the other thing too is us setting boundaries with like our partners and our friends as well. Yeah. I think personally in the last year, I've really noticed myself standing up for myself and setting up those boundaries and and also allowing people to like meet me at that boundary versus just cutting someone out and being like, Hey, that's not how I like want to be treated. Like sometimes obviously if you're not being treated correctly, like you need to tell them and and Mm -hmm. maybe move on from the situation. But I think sometimes there's opportunities for you to just voice your boundary because you can't expect everyone to know that. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like where you cut people off, I go the absolute opposite way. And I'm like, I'm going to meet you wherever you need me to meet you. Mm -hmm. And, um, like I have really, I think over the last year prioritized being like, no, I'm sorry. I can't do that tonight. I'll call you back when I'm feeling better. Or like, even I feel like I've always kind of made myself available, available to people at all times. Mm -hmm. And like people have had that like 24 seven be able to call me and I'll pick up every single time. And I feel like this year, I think probably part of it comes from like zoom fatigue and things like that. But I've really gotten to the point where like, if someone texts me and I'm like, I don't have the mental capacity for this, or I don't have the emotional, um, like availability to take this on right now. Like, I'm really sorry. Obviously if it's an emergency, I'm going to be here for you. But if it's like, if it's something that can wait, like I'm, I need to set this boundary for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is really big for myself. I think that that is really big, especially when you watch TikTok till three in the morning. I know you have your phone till three in the morning (laughs) and you're just not responding to me. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I think setting boundaries with friends and partners is something that I feel Mm -hmm. like something that's very important to me. Um, And okay, the other thing that when you were just talking about like, like not responding to people right away, um, when I broke up with my ex, there was one thing that I really learned and it was like my life coach at the time. She told me that um, in a relationship, there's only 100% in a relationship. And if you're giving hundred percent all the time, you're actually like kind of giving your partner a disservice because mm-hmm. you're not giving them any space to give either. Yeah. If you're the one that's always compromising 24 seven, you're actually like, not only are you not treating yourself well, but you're not really giving your partner the opportunity to give you what you need. And if mm-hmm. your partner can't give you what you need, like that's an answer in itself. But, um, so I always just try to like not overexert myself and allow that person to give that space. And like, not that I'm testing them, but it's like, can they help me? Can they meet halfway? me at 50% or can they even meet me at like 60? If it's, if it is something that like, because you said this to me too. And I like, it's something that I've taken with me as well, because I have always been the person who has like, I've always been a, like a people pleaser and it's something that I am actively working on. Um, but recognizing that of like, just because just because you do things for people doesn't really actually mean that they owe you anything. Yeah. And I think that was like a weird realization for me and not even like, owe you something, but it's kind of like, I've made this so easy for someone. Why would they, why would they not like give me what I need in this situation or that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely something that I keep in mind. Yeah. And I think it's a sliding scale. Like, I don't think yeah. it has to be 50, 50 all the time. No. If your partner or your friend is really going through a hard time, maybe there is a time where you have to give 90%. But I think mm-hmm. as long as you can kind of think about relationships, not honestly, think about relationships in the, any way that you want to think about relationships. This just helps me so that I feel as though I'm not overexerting myself for someone that isn't giving me anything back. Mm-hmm. And like, just knowing that there should be a state of like equilibrium and whatever you're putting in, they should be giving you back. Yes. Um, and it all comes out in the wash. Yeah, exactly. And there's going to be times where you need more support too. And like, if they're not the person that's going to step in to help you during that time, 
maybe they just can't. Maybe that's just, mm-hmm. maybe they don't have the capacity to do that. And there's nothing against that. Um, but I think those are also signs to think about. Like, yeah. do you feel like if you're not giving a hundred percent that the relationship's never going to work? And I think that applies to both partnerships and friendships. Yeah. 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 I fully agree. I fully, fully agree with that. Um, yeah. Andy key takeaways slash action <laughs> items, because I know that that's, oh God, that's where that. you're passionate. I love that. <laughs> um, what are my key takeaways? I think in my like early twenties, I would say, I don't really have that many regrets to be honest. I think packing in a backpack showed me that I can live with less mm-hmm. and I don't really need to. And like traveling to Iceland and under $600 was something that I could also, I don't need all these fancy things to have a good time. That Iceland trip actually really changed who I was. I think it gave me the confidence to be able to like remote or like travel internationally for work. Um, and also just like screw it. Like I'm going to go by myself. I don't need someone to go with me all the time and like start doing things by myself. And also one other tip, if you're going to go by yourself to a new country, um, just walk with confidence (laughs) and and no one walk with confidence in any aspect of your life. Yeah. And also don't overpack and pack what you can carry on your own Mm -hmm. as an independent woman, you know? Um, and I also think knowing where to invest Um, I remember specifically, like, I think it was actually Sammy J had invited me to a Justin Bieber concert. And I was an intern at the time making literally like no money. The Justin Bieber concert was like a hundred dollars. And I was like, or no, it wasn't Justin Bieber. It was Justin Timberlake. And I was like, honestly, like, I don't think I can swing it. And not that I regret it. Like, I think it was fun, but you know, just go live your life a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You know, you have your whole life to make money and to, to, make that hundred dollars up, yeah, but yeah. sometimes you just have to go and live. And I think that's okay in traveling as well. I think you're going to get, get a lot more from traveling than just pictures of Italy. I think you're going to learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would never really like tell anyone to not go travel. I think learn what you like, learn what you don't like pack light <laughs> and also drink water and like care about your skin and know that it's, yeah. it's probably not you know, that acne cream that's doing that one cream is not the one that's going to make the difference. It's like, maybe take a sip of water. Yeah. And, and if you're caffeinating to stay awake and then just check yourself before you <laughs> yourself. That is fair. My key takeaways would be, um, you probably don't need to buy five bottles of wine on your winery tour. That would be key takeaway. That's a good point. One. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go for it, but keep in mind, the vibe At of the that trip. point, you should probably pay for baggage on the way home and not just finish all of the bottles in one night. Mm-hmm. Um, key takeaway number two, continue to be passionate about your skincare routine. Yeah. I have zero regret regrets about leaving men to go take off my makeup. Like zero regrets. <laughs> it's like goop sliding onto their face. I love yeah, that. I, I might, that. I might have to like text them and be like, was that weird? And they'll be like 1000% it was, but should I also say that Mac and cheese, homemade mac and cheese is not gourmet. Um, I might have to fight you on that one because I'm passionate about homemade mac and cheese. <laughs> but <laughs> third, I feel like the third key takeaway is that you should always sign up to ride the bull. Mm, so that the opportunity is there. You have the option. You have the option. Always take the option. And then if you say no, you say no. But that those are my those are my three key takeaways, I would say. I think the other thing that I would say too is, um, this is my quote. This is like, if you were to be like, what quote would you give yourself? And I think this still applies. Cause I remember I found this quote when I was really like 
I think this was when I was about 21 or I just graduated university, but it's like do less, achieve more. Mm-hmm. It's like focus on what freaking matters. Like yeah. focus on relationships that matter, focus on partnerships that matter, focus on your family, focus on your job, focus on your goals. Mm-hmm. But the rest doesn't really matter. Yeah, like you can shed the rest. You're not going to think about that that sort of stuff. And if someone invites you to a Justin Timberlake concert, just go. You can probably make up the $100 later in your life. Okay, this yeah. podcast, I swear to God, I thought we were th- I think we thought it was going to be like 20 minutes. And now <laughs> I think it's been like 2 hours. So I think we got to wrap it up. And like doesn't make any wrap sense, we'll find out, but <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. Okay, should we stop? Should we stop? Oh. Give me some nucks. Wait, we didn't even say our tagline. Oh yeah. <laughs> we said it at the beginning because we hope that we you were at least we hope that you were enjoying your takeout while you were listening to this cuz that's the, the whole point of this podcast and our exactly. entire brand. But um it's friday it's friday and you should go order some takeout because it's, it's been, been a, long week. a long week i really stole your thunder i'm so sorry okay, okay give me some virtual nux my gal give Next me some nux i'll be vaccinated oh, i'm so jealous you know. <laughs> okay bye okay bye okay bye okay bye what did you what did you think of that that was good <laughs> that was good i'm feeling good <laughs>